Welcome to the Medical Sales Certification Podcast. This is Colby Wood. And on this podcast, we take a deep dive into medical sales and in particular, orthopedic medical sales, where I do my best to share with you everything that I have learned up to this point and document really the day-to-day sales calls and meetings and interactions I'm having so that you can learn from my experiences and hopefully help you become more successful in your career as well. So without any further ado, please enjoy today's podcast. What's up, everybody? This is Colby Wood with the Medical Sales Certification Podcast, and welcome to this episode. And what I wanted to uh, do in this episode is piggyback off of the last episode that I did on working smarter, not harder. Um, I was uh, I was having a conversation with a buddy of mine, the buddy that I was talking about in that podcast episode, and and just just for clarification's sake, um, you know, my buddy Joe is a uh, is a hard worker. he and I have, uh, he's actually, the, <laughs> it's kind of funny. He's, he's really the only guy that I get into really in-depth, uh, important conversations about a wide variety of subjects. So, so I gotta, gotta give him a shout out and give him props for that. Cause, um, he and I, uh, we've had many a night where we go mountain bike and then, uh, and then grab a beer and chat, chat about what we both think are some of the bigger questions in life and, and things we're interested in and things like that. So, um, and just for, for clarification's sake, when somebody says, you know, you should work smarter, not harder, I don't want, what I don't want to have happened in the last episode is, is for somebody to think that number one, those people are not well-meaning and number two, that those people are lazier. They don't work hard. Right. I think the intention is right when somebody says, hey, work smarter, not harder, because what's happening is they've they think they have identified in the other person where their efforts are not being used optimally. And so I I acknowledge that and I want to acknowledge it with everybody on here that, you know, if somebody says work smarter, not harder, um, I don't think that that it's not necessarily, that doesn't necessarily mean those people don't work hard or it's not well-intentioned or you shouldn't take any of their advice because in a best case scenario, you do want somebody that can give you some guidance and structure around, um, Hey, maybe you should be doing this instead of that. And, and maybe, you know, maybe you should be listening to those people. I think, I think it comes down to evaluating the person that you're hearing it from and how honest and sincere they are about having your best interests in mind. Um, so I kind of wanted to clarify that at the beginning of the podcast and um, maybe give, give a more nuanced, a ta- nuanced take to it than, than I did in the previous one, but hopefully still kind of providing value and a structure for how to think about it. Um, you know, I think that... Uh, I think that one of the one of the key things or one of the key questions or issues that that occur when you're thinking about working smarter not harder is that are you being busy but not being productive and that's that's kind of the the error that everyone's trying to avoid because you know if I'm if I'm totally honest with myself I'm sure there are people out there in the world that intentionally 
are being busy but are intentionally not being productive. They just want to appear busy. Um, and so they think that they're accomplishing something or maybe they don't and they know they're not accomplishing anything but they're they're playing it off as though they're busy and they're important and they're doing good work but really it's not getting anyone anywhere. That's a possibility. But I've kind of I kind of left that out of the first podcast because I don't I my assumption is that none of those people are listening to this podcast. Like like nobody that wants to be productive, nobody that wants to get into medical sales, nobody that's in medical sales. I mean, at least maybe I shouldn't say nobody, but it's unlikely, highly unlikely that you are, if you're listening to the podcast, you're somebody that is thinking, actively thinking, you know what I should do is really try to do a bunch of busy work that doesn't get me anywhere. But as long as I appear to be busy, then no one will think the wiser or for whatever reason, you're thinking that that's going to be a good career move and a, and a good, good use of your time day to day. It's probably not likely that you're that type of person listened, listening to this podcast. And so I think what, what that brings us to is in the micro versus the macro, things look completely different. Okay. When you can, when you zoom in on something, it can look totally different than when you zoom out. And we, we know this to be true. Like nobody, you know, 150 years ago, nobody knew what a cell was. Nobody knew that if you zoomed in on, you know, human skin, you would see trillions of cells and, you know, an infinite, infinite complexity at a very microscopic level. When you're zoomed out at a macro level, you just don't see those things and it looks completely different. And I think, I think, you know, I was talking about in the last podcast that I've been listening to a lot of Elon Musk and Jeff Bezos recently, but one of the things that Elon Musk was talking about, he was talking really specifically to AI and some people think that artificial intelligence is not something to be concerned about and others do. He's in the camp of, you know, very concerned about AI and what he, the example he was using is exponential, you know, exponential, exponentiality. I don't know if that's a word. (laughs) When an exponential is in play at a microscopic level, when you zoom in on something that's increasing exponentially, it looks like it's linear. And so our brains think that because, because we're looking at it at a microscopic level or just our day-to-day level, we, we don't have, typically don't have the capability to zoom out and see what the trend line is or what's actually going on. And so we're just looking at it on a day-to-day basis and we're looking at it saying, oh, this is just a linear increase, not an exponential increase. But when you zoom out, then you realize, oh, it's exponential. And that completely changes the results of what's going on. And I use that kind of as a model for thinking about this situation as well, because when you're in the micro of the day to day, assuming that you're not somebody that's intentionally trying to be busy with things that are unproductive, you're intentionally being unproductive, just pretending to be busy, right? We're just going to go ahead and assume you're not that person in the day to day. A lot of times it's difficult to know if what you're doing is productive or is not productive, right? As, as long as you're not somebody that's intentionally trying to go down that road, you might think that what you're doing on the day-to-day is productive, and sometimes it's not. Or sometimes it is, and you just don't know it yet, right? So it could be that the work that you're putting in today, while it, while it appears in the short term, in the present tense, in the present day, that it's not really the best way to maximize your productivity, or not the absolute best way for you to be using your time. In the macro, it could be. And it's hard to see that in real time, because, you know, 
just like the example that, that Elon Musk gave, it might look linear now, but it could be exponential in the future. And so, I, you know, when I, I guess as I'm thinking about this question and how to, to better communicate kind of my stance on things, one of the things that, that I think is just absolutely true is busyness does not equal productivity. Just because you're busy does not mean you're productive, right? You can be doing a lot of different things that aren't really the high, uh, the high leverage things, right? So you could be doing and putting in a lot of hours on something that maybe doesn't really play into the long term very well. That's not going to be one of the big blocks you're trying to knock down. And let's say not a high leverage use of your time. But I also don't know that really at any point in my life I've ever been really productive when I wasn't busy. And so that's kind of the the catch-22, I think, in this entire situation, at least from my perspective it is, is that busy does not equal productive. But I don't know that I've ever that I've ever been productive when I wasn't busy. And so, you know, what I, I guess my thought on that is just because, just because in theory there's a better way to spend one's time doesn't mean that in the present day you know how to spend your time, right? Like, I think everybody that's, that's listening to this podcast is somebody that's trying to maximize productivity. But we don't always, like, there's no way to, to input a formula that says, oh, at, you know, 11.30 a.m. on Monday, I need to be spending my time doing X. And I've got to do it this way. Like, we're not robots, and we can't tell the future. So there's no way to be able to specifically identify everything that should be done. There's no way to specifically identify absolute maximal productivity and absolute best use of time. And so working smarter is, in my mind, a gray scale. It's not a, it's not white, black and white. It's not, you're not working smart now and you should be doing this. And then that would be working smart. It's, there are 10 different things that you could be doing at any one time. And probably all 10 need to be done at any one time or 10 need to be done at any time, need to get finished at some point. What should you be doing? How should you be spending your time? What should, what should you be doing with that time? And how do you how do you use kind of a mental model for figuring that out? Or how do you correctly prioritize the things in your life? Like those are legitimate questions that I think come into play when you're talking about working smarter on, on any task or, or let's say prioritizing the things that you do have to figure out what should I be spending the most time on, right? And so that's where, you know, when, when it comes to working harder, I think, I think the way to think about that is how do I prioritize around what can give me the the biggest bang for the buck. Now there are going to be caveats to that, right? Like in, in medical sales and what we do, you might be calling on, you know, a handful of surgeons that are big surgeons that could really change the business as a whole. But you also might have a surgery today that is important that you got to be there. So, you know, you may not necessarily be able to say, well, in the big picture, I should be calling on these guys because they could change the business completely for me. Sometimes you have to make those concessions and say, well, I, well, I guess I'll have to get to them tomorrow and I'm going to do the surgery that, that I need to do today, right? So there's, there's trade-offs and I don't think there's any one formula for it. And so, you know, in my mind, the way to think about, um, you know, busyness and productivity, I, I think I got a little off track there. Sorry about that. But, um, 
you know, I want to kind of get back to the business and productivity thought and, and finish that up again. I don't think I've ever been super productive when I wasn't busy. And so, you know, a lot of people think that, well, you need to plan out what you're going to do before you do it. And, and my answer is yes, right? Short answer is yes. I totally agree with that. You should have a game plan for how to spend your time. You should be able to map the road ahead as best you can and try to go in that direction and try to map that. And so you want to do that before you start, you know, just having flurries of activity without any productivity. And so that like, okay, short answer is yes. I agree. Period. All right. That being said, here's the nuance, at least what I've seen in my life. I can have a, a map and a road roadmap and a game plan for what I'm doing on a daily basis, but there are times where I just get more or less stuck. I just feel like, what should I be doing? Oh, I don't know. Or maybe I'm, I just get ADD and, and there's too many things to do and I can't, for whatever reason, like focus my mind or, you know, any number of factors to where, you know, I'll be sitting, maybe looking at my computer and I'm like, okay, 15 minutes have just passed by and I haven't really got anything done. The general consensus thinking, at least from what I've seen and read and, and I don't know, maybe, maybe this isn't, but, but I think this is what most people would advise is you got to stop. You got to map it out. You've got to plan out. All right, let me prioritize. Like, yeah, okay. I've done that too. And that works, but I'm also in the camp of if I don't know what to be doing right now, if I'm, you know, let's say it's like two o'clock on a, on a Wednesday and I'm in the field and I'm like, you know, I just finished up my case. I'm like, I don't know what to do. And you're just kind of sitting there and then you catch yourself, you know, blindly just, you know, scrolling through emails, not being productive. I always just start moving, like physically moving my body. Like I, I, I have to close the computer, put it in my bag, get into my car and start driving somewhere to go call on somebody. And you could look at that and say, well, that's not being smart. That's just having flurries of activity. You're just, you're intentionally saying, I'm not going to choose quote unquote, the best thing to do right now. I'm just going to do something right. I think there's a lot of people that would say that that's not the best approach. And maybe they're right, but at least in my experience, that gets me going. When I, when I don't know what to do, when I'm stuck, when I feel like I'm not being productive, when, you know, I'm finding that I've, you know, just wasted 15, 20 minutes doing, you know, nothing really productive and not, not accomplishing anything. What helps me get out of that mode is more activity. And maybe that sounds counterintuitive. Maybe, I don't know, maybe I'm unique. Maybe, I, maybe I'm just completely oblivious and have no self-awareness and maybe it's <laughs> completely counterproductive, but I don't think so. When I, when I get stuck like that, I literally just have to close everything, put it in my car, jump in my car, say, all right, I'm going to, I'm going to, you know, pull up a Google maps. Where's the closest customer that I can go call on? And I'll go cold call on that customer because I just need momentum going. You know, the, the analogy that I use when I'm thinking about this is if you're sitting in your car, it's a lot easier to turn the wheels in the direction that you want to go when your car is moving. Right? Because if you're just standing still and you're trying to rotate the wheel and trying to turn in the direction that you want to go, number one, it's much more difficult to turn the wheel. And number two, like you need to create the momentum to actually go anywhere. And for me, the analogy, I use that analogy as kind of a mental model for thinking about when I am stuck, when I feel like I'm not moving, there are times, yes, where I need to plan more and I need to look at my to-do list. I need to prioritize and I need to tell myself, get my, get my shit together you know, focus in here, whatever. 
but there are other times where it's if not at least as productive more productive to just get the car moving just create some level of activity because then if i just get the car moving even if it's in the wrong direction i can recognize that relatively quickly and i think most people can as well just get the car moving then you can turn the wheel like it's easy once your car's car's rolling once you're giving it some gas it's actually really easy to turn the wheel like you can turn around a car in like two seconds right but i think I think people think, or the mental model that people use, is that if I spend any time, any time, going in the wrong direction, quote unquote, the wrong direction, then that's wasted time, not not a good use of time. I don't want to do that, and it's going to take me forever to backtrack. Like, but guys, <laughs> in my experience, just get the car moving. You you can turn it around if you're going in the wrong direction really quickly. Like. It doesn't take that long to adjust course. So if I go call on a customer, maybe it's not the best customer to call on. Maybe it's a waste of time. Maybe I don't get anywhere. Maybe that customer is never going to give us business. I don't know. But I, when I get momentum going, when I create momentum physically in the real, like physically moving my body and my car and I get things going, that usually helps me kind of, it triggers my ability to focus in and zone in on what it is that I should be doing. And it, I can course correct when I'm moving. It's hard to course correct if you're just standing still. Like playing things out in your mind is good. It's good to plan it out. But, you know, I think it's Mike Tyson who had the quote. <laughs> He's like, everybody has a, uh, has a fight plan until they get punched in the mouth, right? <laughs> like, by the way, if you guys have ever seen or haven't seen any of his knockout videos, he was a monster. Like, holy cow, that guy was insane. And he said, he's like, Everybody has a plan. Everybody has a fight plan when they step into the ring. But that goes out the window once they get hit in the mouth the first time. <laughs> like, oh, I'm going to do this, and I'm going to be jabbing, and you know, then I'm going to bring the right hook, and I'm going to open them up. I'm going to you know, hit them in the body and, and wear them down, and I'm going to give them the knockout blow. Like, then you get punched in your mouth, and then <laughs> that whole game plan goes out the window. And it's like that's how, that's how real life works. I put a plan in, I put a plan in place. And then I have to go enact that and, and execute on that in the real world. It never, ever, ever goes perfectly as planned. So you always have to adjust course once you're started moving. And so instead of, you know, instead of having paralysis analysis or analysis paralysis, however you think about it, and I'm sitting there looking at my to-do list, oh, I need to do this, or oh, I need to do that, or I should be spending more time on this, or let's prioritize that, or, you know, I would rather start creating momentum in the real world and then be able to course correct as needed rather than sit there and think about it longer. And, and I understand that this is not a one or the other, like don't get into a right versus left, a black versus white thinking in this area. This is gray. This is all prioritizing your life in your day-to-day list. And using kind of your heart hierarchy of what's most important to you. Like there, I don't think anybody from the outside can really do a good job of telling you exactly what you should be doing. Like you're going to have to look at your situation as objectively as you can and say, how should I be spending my time right now? And I think that most people should do more planning. If I were to, if I were to guess, I think that most people should be spending more time being smarter by planning out what it is they need to do and thinking, working back from their objective, like identifying, all right, what is the actual objective? And then how do I work back from there? 
you know, just, just create the steps in reverse for getting to that objective. I think that's what most people probably need. But I also don't think that you can do away with the benefits of just putting in sheer hours of time. Like activity level and effort is hugely important. And I think it's just as important. You know, if I had to wait, I'd just say 50-50. I'd say 50% of the time you need to focus on working smart and 50% of the time you need to focus on working hard, right? Like, I don't know that that's necessarily a mental model that will help anybody think about it, but spend half the time planning and half the time executing. Maybe I'd even be more on the executing. I don't know. It, that's kind of off the cuff. I'd probably have to think about that a little bit more to give you the exact answer that, that I really think. But the percentage of, of time spent in focus needs to be a combination of thinking smart, working smart, and working hard. And I just, I know that I've been, when I have been at my most productive, it's when I've been busy. And that doesn't mean that all of my activity is productive. You know, I think, I think the other thing that comes to mind is a lot of people in, in my opinion, and in, in guessing and inferring, a lot of people want to do, want to spend their time in the most optimal way, never spending any time on something unproductive. And I think, I think that can actually come as an error or a, a problem. I don't think that that necessarily mean is, is a positive, let's say, because I think you can get too far on the perfection side of things where you're, you're losing sight of, let me create some momentum and course correct along the way. You know, I think that it's, I don't know, it's almost like it's built into our genetics because our ancestors didn't have the abundance that we have. And so the expenditure of energy was very costly to our ancestors. You know, the hunter gatherers, it was expensive. If, if they didn't have plentiful food available, it would be very expensive to expend energy because where are you going to get that re- replenishment from? You know, if, if I've got to go hunt down my own food and I've got to grow my own crops and maybe this is a bad year for crops and maybe the, you know, I can't find any animals to, to kill, I don't have any food. And so I've got to be very cautious on my effort level and my energy expenditure. And so I think, I think that's somewhat built into our genetics over time of, of that, having that approach of, I've got to be very careful that I don't, that I don't expend any unnecessary energy on anything. (laughs) And you can get, I think you can see how that taken to the extreme could be a negative because you don't like nothing ever works perfectly the first time anyway. You know, I think of Jeff Bezos and SpaceX, the first three rockets they launched failed. They blew up first three rockets. Like they were working as smart as anybody can work on friggin' rocket ships and working hard and you still have failures. And so it's necessary to put out kind of the, the work into the world. It's necessary to, to, uh, stress test what it is that you're working on probably before you think it's ready. And you could look at that and say, well, that's not the best use of time. You should, you should make it work perfectly. Well, yeah, it's hard to do that without stress testing it. It's hard to figure out how the perfect cold call is made without ever cold calling. Like there is no substitute for effort and repetition, right? Like, um, there's a book I have, I haven't read the book, but 
the book that Arnold Schwarzenegger uh, either wrote or somebody wrote about him and he kind of signed off on it. He talks about everything in there, everything in life is sets and reps. Everything is sets and reps. Now, take it with a grain of salt. He's a bodybuilder and that's his job and he knows everything from that standpoint. But he did a lot of things in life outside of bodybuilding that maybe a lot of people don't recognize. But he said everything is sets and reps. Are you getting your sets and your reps in? Yeah. Are you going to have imperfect sets and imperfect reps? Yes. Yes, you are. Should you try to maximize the sets and reps? Should you try to optimize them? Should you try to make the sets and reps as perfect as you can? Yes. Okay, cool. Is that reality? No. Like, like that's not reality. You're not going to have perfect sets and perfect reps every single time. And in my opinion, creating the habits and the willingness and the drive to do those things when you don't want to, to put in the sets and the reps when you don't feel like it, when you're not feeling perfect, even if you're not putting in perfect reps and perfect sets, I think that's just as valuable as having perfect reps and sets, if not more. And, and so in the, in the work smarter, work harder standpoint, I just, I want, I think it's important from a sales rep standpoint to understand that it can be very easy to create paralysis analysis or analysis paralysis, however you, however you're supposed to say it by overthinking what it is that you should be doing and overthinking what it is that would be the perfect way to spend my time, right? At some point, I think it's just as valuable to just drive to the next location, to just pick up the phone and make the next call, to do whatever it is, even if you know you're not going to do it well. Even if even if you look back on it and say, mm, that was wasted time, or, oh, that was not the best use of time. Oh, I could have worked smarter if I would have done this. Like, yeah, but I also think momentum allows you to course correct. Doing some some level of activity allows you to course correct. Now, the obviously, there's an error there. There's a problem just waiting at the back end of this is you can just be doing a bunch of activity and never course correct. And I think what, I think the way to course correct is you have to measure what it is you're doing. You have to have real objective measure measurements and metrics on what it is you're doing so that you know if this activity that I'm doing, is this a good use of time? It may not even be the optimal use of time, but is it a good use of time? Is this productive? Am I, am I seeing some benefit of spending my time this way? And I think it, you can run into a problem of if you're not measuring those things, if you don't have metrics on the activity level or the things that you're doing, that's when you're going to get into a situation where you find yourself two months later of working hard and not working smart and you didn't get anywhere for the last two months. It's the metrics that you're, that you're applying to what it is you're, you're doing on a daily basis that will allow you to objectively analyze, is this activity that I'm doing productive? And it might not be completely productive. Like if 80% of your work is productive, that means 20%, just as an example, let's say 80% of the things that you're doing are really productive and 20% are not productive. What if you're trying to minimize the 20%? You're saying, I need to work smarter. So I'm going to make sure that I don't expend any unnecessary energy. This 20% of what I'm doing, I need to cut that out. I need to stop doing that. You know, I need to just maximize every ounce of my time and my effort and my energy on doing something that's productive. That is me working smart. Okay. What are the chances that by trying to minimize your 20%, you would decrease your 80%? 
What if in trying to maximize and squeeze every ounce of working smart out of the, out of the system as a whole, you would pull back or decrease your productivity? You know, that's, that's in my mind, the question that's out there. I don't have a good answer for it. Maybe there's research on this. Maybe somebody can, you know, feel free to chime in and, and, you know, share your opinion with me. Maybe there's a way to think about that that's different, or maybe there's, maybe there's an answer for that question. But if, if the primary objective is I need to work smart, and that means minimizing anything that's not working, quote unquote, smart, or not maximizing productivity, or not maximizing my time, not wasting time, effort, energy, etc. If that comes at a cost of minimizing productivity, then I don't think that that's the right way to think about it. I don't think that that's kind of the guiding light or the, the North Star that you should be shooting toward. I think maximum productivity is what you should be shooting towards and understand that I don't think that that can be 100%, right? When you say I want to be maximally productive, I don't think that that means you can get to 100% of your time, effort, and energy is productive and 0% of your time and effort spent and time spent and cold calls made and emails sent and everything else is you know, 0% on that that's being unproductive or, or not working smart. I think that you're going to have a ratio there. There's going to be a, a percentage of time when you're trying to maximize productivity, you're going to have a percentage of time that is not optimally productive. And I don't think that the proper way to think about that is to minimize things that are unproductive. I think the proper way to think about it is maximize the things that are productive. I think that's the better, the better guiding principle that will help people that will help you actually get more done in the real world. So yeah, that, that's kind of, that's kind of how I think about it. And, and inevitably, whether we, whether we want to accept it or not, there, there are certain things that, you know, when, when we're, if we're being honest about what working smart really means, it's how can I learn from somebody else that has done this before? You know, the, the best case scenario is I want to learn from somebody else who has done what I'm trying to do. And then they'll tell me the road, the roadblocks or the, the potholes in the road. They'll tell me how to avoid things. They'll tell me what I shouldn't be spending my time doing. They'll tell me, Hey, don't do this, do that. I'm fully on board with that. I think that's absolutely critical, but I also think, I also have experienced the reality that life is trial and error. Life is trial and error, regardless of the education that you have up front. You know, like in medical sales, just for example, you take a new medical doctor. They did, you know, an undergraduate. So let's say four years or maybe more for some of us that, that had the victory lap. They then, they then do a five-year residency. They then do, you know, probably a fellowship after that. Let's say they knew they do another one-year fellowship or more. They've been trained. They've learned from the best in the industry. They've learned from attending surgeons exactly how they should be operating, exactly what they should be doing, exactly how to run a clinic, exactly how to handle their patients. Are there errors made when they start their own practice? Yeah, absolutely there are. There are always going to be errors when you try to implement for the first time. Regardless of the level of training, regardless of the education that you've been giving, regardless of the books that you've been reading, regardless of the time you spent practicing your pitch, regardless of, you, know, like, you can practice your pitch all day long. You can practice your sales meetings all day long. You can practice your handling objectives, objections all day long. Are you going to have errors when you do that in real life? Yes, everybody does. And so shooting for, you know, minimizing those things is a good thing to shoot for. But understand that trial and error 
is the reality of everything that we do in life. And the error part is part of the process of figuring out how to do it right. And just because you can hear somebody else say, hey, do it this way, don't do it that way. Hey, do this, say this, don't say that. You're still going to have errors on the back end. And I think that while you should be taking advice from every, from all the smart people, all the people that have done what you want to do, all the people that are at the top, take your education from those people. I certainly have, and it's benefited me immensely. But that's not also to say that I haven't had just as many errors when I've tried to implement on my own as well. And the errors are, that's just part of the process. And so, you know, the, what I hope I've done, I guess, in these two podcast episodes is give you the nuance between working smart and working hard. Both of them are obviously important for long-term success. Both of them are going to be very important for you to be successful in medical sales. You can't get bogged down on either one. And I don't think you should be idealistic about either one. You need to be working hard. You need to be educated. You need to be learning from as many people who have done what you want to do as you can. But you also have to put in a lot of work. And you can't be afraid that the time that I'm putting in, the effort that I'm putting in, there's a certain percentage that is, that's, there's a certain percentage of that that will be, quote unquote, in hindsight, unproductive. There will be a percentage that you would look back and say, I shouldn't have spent my time doing that. It's going to happen. But in the real world, as long as in the day-to-day, you're trying, you're being as, number one, objective as you can be about what's going on and what you're doing. And number two, measuring as much as you can about, and what I, is what I'm doing being productive or not? Then just let the chips fall as they may and just work your ass off, right? Because you're going to have situations, you're inevitably going to be able to look back and say, I should have done this, I shouldn't have done that. But in the micro, when you're in the day-to-day, you're not apt to, You're not actively saying, oh, I shouldn't be doing this, but I'm going to do it anyway. You're figuring out this is trial and error. And so, you know, my, I guess my, my ending thought is when in doubt, increase effort. Like maybe that, maybe that'll, (laughs) maybe that's going to, you know, rub people the wrong way. I'm sure other people think that when in doubt, prioritize, when in doubt, plan better, when in doubt get more educated. Yeah. It's hard for me to say they're wrong. I would just say that in my experience, when in doubt, if I just take more action, if I just put in more effort, if I just close my computer, get in the car and go drive somewhere, I inevitably am able to get back on track pretty quickly and makes, make what I'm doing productive because I can course correct along the way. So anyway, I hope that's, I wanted to clear that up for everybody in, in, um, kind of give maybe a more nuanced approach to the previous podcast. And, uh, uh, Joe, I love you, man. He's a good guy, uh, buddy of mine. So anyways, I just wanted to, to, to share that with you, follow up the, the last podcast, uh, have a little bit more of a nuanced approach and, uh, and make sure that you guys make sure I do a better job of communicating kind of my stance on this. So anyway, thank you guys for listening and we'll see you later. We will see you on the next episode. Bye. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Medical Sales Certification Podcast. And as you know, we give all of our content and training away for free. So it would really mean a lot to me if you could subscribe to this podcast and leave us a review. And if you thought that this episode in particular was helpful, consider sending it to somebody you know who you think could benefit as well. Thanks again, and we will see you on the next episode. Bye.